Right, I'm Mike Breen here talking with Dan Rockmore, Professor of Math and Computer Science at the Dartmouth College. Uh, and Dan, uh, can you give us a, just a little bit of an idea, or it could be a big lot of an idea if you want, of how math is used to uh, authenticate uh, art? Yeah, so the idea is that um, from a digital uh, version of a painting, let's say, or, or, or a drawing, that you'd like to acquire some uh, numbers that show some statistical regularity uh, with respect to a given artist. So if you could take a whole collection of paintings, let's say, by Van Gogh that, you're, that you know are by Van Gogh, digitize them, so basically turn them into pixels, and those pixels are themselves numbers, see if you can extract some some numerical uh, feature vectors is what we're called, but just some, some quantities that vary in some regular way um, according to Van Gogh, so that if you were given another uh, image, then the numbers that you got by a different artist wouldn't be statistically in the same ballpark as the numbers that you get for a Van Gogh painting. Mm -hmm. So it would be say. like a Van Gogh neighborhood. Exactly, exactly. So it's the, the, way, the way that I like to think of it is that the, reduct, the, the transformation, I, I don't like to say reduction, <laughs> the, uh, the uh, transformation of a painting or drawing to a digital representation then turns that painting or drawing into a point in some high dimensional space. And what you're really asking is, does a given artist inhabit a particular neighborhood of this high dimensional image space? And when you talk about digitizing, does that begin with taking a lot of photographs of, of the works? Uh, yeah, so the, the process uh, begins um, with taking usually pretty high resolution uh, uh, pictures um, of a painting or a drawing, and, um, and that's the first step. And even at that point, you have to be a little careful, because depending on how you light uh, a painting in particular, um, you can get very, not very different, but you can definitely get different um, digital representations of the same work that depend on the lighting. And, and then you've used wavelets in this technique, is that correct? And what exactly yeah. are they? Um, so wavelets are, uh, so wavelets grew up out of um, the analysis of uh, seismograms of all things uh, in the oil industry. Um, people were trying to understand when they, you know, sent a signal down to the base of the ocean floor is what's the likelihood that there's oil underneath the ocean floor. And so by analyzing those time series um, by something called wavelet analysis, they were able to begin to understand what the structure um, with respect to oil deposits was of the, uh, uh, was of the ocean floor. And um, so this analysis, uh, is a, a multi-scale analysis. It looks at a signal, or you can think of looking at a picture, and then extracting certain geometric uh, details um, out of it, and then once you extract the details, looking at what is then a smooth version of the image and then extracting the details again and so on and so, so forth. So creating scales of details um, via something which is a, a, akin to Fourier analysis, the decomposition of a signal in terms of sines and cosines. Mm -hmm. uh, and you first did this with uh, Bruegel's work? Yeah, so I was, I w this is work I did with uh, Hani Farid and Sway Liu, who was uh, then a student of Hani's at, um, at Dartmouth. And uh, we looked at a collection of drawings by um, Peter Bruegel the Elder, famous, famous uh, Flemish uh, artist. And, um, and we were able to uh, distinguish what were secure known Bruegel drawings um, from works which had over the last hundred years been removed from uh, Bruegel's attribution. So as a proof of concept, it worked... Uh, it worked quite well, and so the work that I'm doing now is to try to extend that um, to see if it to see if it works for other classes of drawings, uh, to give better statistical tests, possibly to acquire different features uh, that will um, help us uh, 
find better ways to distinguish between two artists. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned drawings. It's a little yeah. bit, it's easier with drawings than paintings? Yeah, the drawings are, um, I mean, drawings really are two-dimensional, and there's a certain immediacy. I mean, drawings are like signature. You know, if you sign your name, there's presumably a certain pattern to the way you sign your name, and so a, a drawing is really, you're really seeing the artist's hand in the drawing. Paintings, um, as I've come to, to learn, are really three-dimensional objects. Paintings have a certain topography, um, and... Uh, Paintings are also restored, so when you see a painting on a museum wall, you're, the, the, the odds are for an old master you're actually not seeing original paint everywhere. You're seeing various patches that have been restored here and there. So, and drawings aren't restored generally. So with painting, it's not even you're you're already even at the point of the initial data. You're not you're not quite clear on what it is you should be looking at. And also, paintings are often large paintings have been done by several different people, and so the questions of who was working on different aspects of the painting are also um, can, can be lost to us and it's not clear actually if you can um, extract those kind of in, intra uh, painting differences using these statistics um, but so yeah I would say that currently these tools are better suited um, for drawing but people are certainly working on extending them to painting and, and you're pretty happy with how the technique is, is working with drawing um, I've been uh, happy um, I, I I think, I mean, I'd certainly like it to be better. I, I should say that I'm, I'm fairly certain that there's something there, that there's something to pursue, and that we're at the beginning um, of a field that really will uh, grow. Um, so a, as a proof of concept, I think that this shows that mathematical tools uh, can be used for the, to, to try to investigate these kinds of questions, but there's clearly a lot of work still to be done. And I, and I know that you, you do a lot of work in this area, but you also do a lot of work in, in popularizing mathematics. Is there one big <laughs> misconception you think the public has about mathematics that you wish they didn't have? Um, well, I guess, may, well, with respect to this work, you know, when people think of applied mathematics, they, I mean, people think of math as just being the thing that you need to do sort of pure science. And what I like about this work is that it shows people how, close mathematics is to the arts and how applicable it is to the arts. So, you know, when people say, you know, well, I'm not a math person, I'm an arts person, I like to bring up this work to show them that there is a pretty close connection. So, you know, so this idea that you have to be one or the other is probably the one that I'd like to, that I would hope to diffuse a little bit by this work. So, so the fields aren't disjoint? No, not, 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 at, all. not, not at all, not at all. Well, thanks very much, Dan. I'm Mike Breen here talking with Dan Rockmore, professor of math and computer science at Dartmouth College.